Welcome to the Cricket Table Podcast. This is Ron. And this is Kai. So we're trying to record this for a second time because we had some technical difficulties. Uh, I should probably say off the, off the top that we're actually recording this from my iPhone while we walk around our neighborhood as sort of a introduction into another podcast that we're going to be starting up relatively soon. Do you want to tell people a little bit about that? Uh, sure. Yeah, so um, the name of the podcast is At Streetwalkers. Um, well, that's not the podcast isn't At Streetwalkers. At just streetwalkers. Streetwalker. Yes, you're, I'm thinking of the Twitter getting, handle. You're getting the Twitter handle. Confused. I'm getting. Well, I'm getting people primed up for it. Um, it's it's streetwalkers, and it was basically the brainchild of Rob because Rob and I we have a lot of in-depth conversations about gender politics, about life, about relationships, about relationships, and whatever. Yeah. And um, he thought that why not make it a podcast and kind of and see if other people have similar perspectives and especially coming from a female perspective for me and a male perspective for him we have completely different takes on things too because of that so this is is just an introduction into the sound of what we're going to be doing with that I suppose Um, but yeah so you know we've had such great conversations and I I guess we just figured well if we're going to have these great conversations maybe other people will find them interesting and that's a that's a podcast Really, that's how I feel like that's how a lot of podcasts just start. It's just like, hey, this is a good talk. Let's record it and put it on the internet. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, um, so yeah. So we're sort of doing a back backdoor pilot, I guess, for Streetwalkers here. So you can follow us on Twitter at Streetwalkers Podcast already. Um, and uh, the name is obviously chosen because we are walking on the street and also because I like things that are a little naughty. And you know, I like my innuendo. So we should make that the anytime. tagline. Streetwalkers podcast for things that are a little naughty, but not really. This is just two people walking around and having a conversation. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, keep an eye out for that, and I'll update you guys on Twitter as far as you know when the first episode will debut. I'll also mention it on a subsequent episode of this podcast, so that our faithful Crooked Table podcast listeners can check uh, check us out over there. But as for today, we're going to be talking exclusively about Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. This is the follow-up release from Man of Steel director Zack Snyder, the man behind Watchmen, 300, Sucker Punch, that owl movie that no one I know has ever seen, <laughs> including myself, actually. Uh, I'm curious to check it out, but, you know, I just, I don't know, slipped under the radar. Uh, we see Henry Cavill returning as Superman, introducing Ben Affleck as Batman, which was funny because he was actually one of the more divisive uh, figures of the film, you know, when we were hearing about the production and all of that. And bringing in Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. And yes, I laughed because, you know. <laughs> so, just going into, you know, general reactions to the film. You know, what did you think of Batman v Superman as a standalone film, as an introduction to the Justice League, as a follow-up to Man of Steel, and how do you feel it did pun intended justice to the title characters wow that's a lot of a lot right there but um i from seeing the trailers i haven't really been that excited that impressed i kind of but think it's batman that, and i do love batman that's something that rob and i have always but, bonded over is we do love batman he is my favorite superhero he's like a real guy he just has gadgets and he's rich i actually think well that's also iron man but uh i actually think one of our first conversations we were talking about Batman I remember it was like before we even met because we met on eHarmony and I guess this is something we can get into more on Streetwalkers but we met on eHarmony and then we just started messaging each other and then having conversation I remember I think maybe our first or second conversation on the phone we talked about Batman and it's how much I loved it right 
Do you remember um, that? I, yeah, I, I think so. Guys, yeah. like, I had other things going on in yeah. my life. <laughs> and then I would make little comments on your Facebook pictures. Yeah. And being like, oh, that's, uh, it's the car. Chicks dig the car. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Beauty, um, and I'm the beast or something. So many great lines. I know. But you mostly like the Tim Burton one. So I do. That's what I grew probably, up on. You should probably establish that, too, because this is a very, there's a dog we just passed that you guys probably heard. And this is a very, uh, a very dark version of Batman, even more so than the Christopher Nolan films that I know you're a little bit more mixed on than I am just right. because it is so heavy and sort of bleak and <laughs> this version of the DC characters is even bleaker and even grittier and even like more depressing and a lot of people have been calling this film joyless uh, which I can sort of understand there's a lot of that going on so I mean overall did you did you enjoy Batman v Superman was it better or worse than Man of Steel um, that kind of thing. Well, I definitely liked it more than the review said. Yeah, jeez. Um, I mean, really I didn't read them, on but, Rob, but Rob told me about. Oh, Rob, I showed you. I showed you the Rotten Tomatoes were. score, and everybody's mm-hmm. like disaster and blah blah blah. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. I think you guys are going a little bit far on that. Yeah, I mean, and uh, Ben Affleck did. He did an okay job. I mean, I don't think he was really. I don't think he was the best part of the movie, unlike what the critics were saying. I mean, he makes a makes a fine Batman, but he is no Michael Keaton. And, um, I don't know. I, yeah, you're I, not biased at all. And I don't know. I think I might like Val Kilmer more. But he, it was a good um, A for effort. And I'm sure that maybe the next next go around he's going to do even better. And um, Did you my th- favorite part, actually, okay. uh, my favorite character. Oh, jeez, I know what this is going to be. <laughs> my favorite character was Wonder Woman. Well, that, that's good because she's the next movie, I mean, after Suicide Squad, coming down the pike, like, next year. So... Uh, did you like Batman v Superman more than Man of Steel? Um, yes. Yes, I did. Because it was less Superman and more <laughs> yeah. everybody? Yeah, um, I'm not a big Superman fan. I uh, don't think... My my biggest issue with him as a superhero is he's just not relatable. I mean, the only thing that can kill him is kryptonite. That's, Pretty much. I mean, that's, that's just not... just not re- relatable to me. He is He's an alien, and... Oh, you have issues with that because he's an alien? Are, just, you, are you Lex Luthor? No, and I don't mind. It, it's, you know, when you can be an alien, that's fine. I mean, it's all you listeners from another you, another planet. <laughs> I mean, I always welcome. think that's funny when you see, like, it's, when you see a scene about Superman or another character from another planet coming here and people are protesting him and all that, and they're like, no aliens. I'm like, wow, that's there's the real life application right there um, cause, because of that word. But, uh, so yeah, so you were glad that there was, I mean, Superman was in this plenty, but it wasn't a sole focus on him. So you, yeah. you need, you needed that break from his like steely faced resolve <laughs> and all that. Well, the other reason I don't like Man of Steel as much and I like Batman versus B Superman better is that one of my biggest criticisms of Man of Steel is like how much fighting scenes were going on. I mean, it lasted, the fight between um, General Zod and Superman went on for so long. It's like 20 minutes of that, I yes, think, something and it was like just, that. It was, it was unnecessary, and I didn't see that as much with Batman v Superman. Um, they, had, they had long fight sequences, but they were with different people, too, so. Well, I mean, even, you know, when I went to see Man of Steel with my brother and my dad, 
um, even after that, my you know my dad loves action and all that, but after a while, like, he was like a little too much of that at the end. What the hell? They're <laughs> like tearing buildings down and, and shit. But at, at least does it does it compensate for that frustration a bit now that Batman v Superman has acknowledged? Holy crap! You can't trust Superman. Look at what he did in the last movie. Mm-hmm. Does that make up for it a little bit? And you're like, well, at least if they're gonna have that happen, they're gonna sort of embrace the fans' reaction about what the hell? Superman's caused so much destruction, yeah, yeah. and have it be an integral part of the story where Batman's actually like, sort of the the uh, stand-in for the fans, being like, this guy could bring the whole city down. Mm-hmm. He could destroy the whole planet and all yeah. that. Yeah, no, and that's that was good of them. I mean, who's to say even listen to fan criticism, but. They, you know, I think that that was good that they did a tie into that because poor, poor, God, poor Metropol- Metropolis. Metropolis. Yeah. So, what about you? What were your, what were your thoughts? Um, I, I wanted to like it more than I did, mostly because I am somehow still a Zack Snyder fan, even though I now acknowledge that Man of Steel has issues, that Sucker Punch is not very good. Uh, I really, I guess I just really, really love Watchmen. And I think that that's probably one of the best comic book adaptations in the last decade or so. Um, so I know his his visual style and what he can bring to it in that regard. Plus the fact that he was drawing uh, inspiration from The Dark Knight Returns and some of the you know, seminal works of at least that character, who, like you, Batman is my favorite character, my favorite uh, superhero period marvel dc whatever it's batman's my guy um and i like captain america and all of them just fine but i don't feel a personal connection to any other superhero the way that i do with batman so when i heard that they were bringing batman into this and when i heard that ben affleck was cast i was actually one of the few people that was like all right he could do that he did sort of played a batman-esque character in daredevil and yes that movie is not particularly good the director's cut is better but it wasn't his fault that that movie wasn't good. It's just it was kind of a mess of a movie. And here we go with this, and you have sort of another mess of a movie. But it's not really Ben Affleck's fault. Um, I think he's clearly gotten to peak physical shape to play this character. And oh freaking like The Rock in Fast Five and some of these huge. scenes when he's walking around. I'm like, holy shit. That's the guy that played Daredevil? He doesn't look... He looks like two, two, two Daredevils. Yeah, he was, he was a great guy. Um, and I did like Man of Steel uh, enough. I think I, I tend to teeter between three and a half to four out of five for that. This one to me is a solid three. Wow. Um, okay. Just because I feel like they, they tried to cram so much in there and rush so many things that the story never really has a chance to breathe. And it's funny that, you know, and I tweeted about this when the reviews started coming out. Everybody was worried about Ben Affleck as Batman. Oh, man, he's going to ruin this thing. And I feel like I walked out of being like, all right, where's my Batman movie? I mean, I also said, where's my Wonder Woman movie? Because she's, she's really cool. Right on. And that's a character we still haven't seen on the big screen. And it's kind of ridiculous that the, those three are considered the trinity of the DC heroes. Those are the three big, big guns that they have. And the two of them we've seen in movies like a bazillion times. And then one of them is making her first live action like debut, which is ridiculous. Well, I think that it's also, it, there, was, there was even an article I read about this, that it's so difficult to make a, a heroin-led film. Um, there's just, it just hasn't worked. You know, Electra well, didn't I mean, work, Catwoman didn't super, work. I'm sure there are super, other with ones. With superheroes. Like comic like, book y- heroines. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Female, female, uh, comic 
Why Funny. is it so hard? They just don't, you know what? Because they sexualize them. Um, yeah, that's a good point. That's a, yeah, that's a good point. Or because, or because they, they take in, they, they're like, well, sex sells, so we put a pair of boobs in a, co- in a superhero costume. People will go see it, right? We don't have to worry about the story or character or anything. Yeah, pretty much. And, um, and I think, I mean, and that's, and what was cool about Wonder Woman's costume is that it was, you know, like a costume, but I don't, I don't know. I don't, I think it was more of a sensual costume that she had compared to a sexual costume. Right. And, um, well, it's, I mean, it's her whole thing is she's a warrior and that looks like body armor. It doesn't look like a bustier or something, mm-hmm. you know? Um, Adrian Palicki, who's actually now on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., she was supposed to play Wonder Woman on a TV show, I don't know, a decade ago, let me less than that. And the costume basically looks like, yeah, super sexualized. Uh, she looks like she belongs in a burlesque show or something. And um, I, I don't know, I, I thought Gal Gadot was a smart choice when I heard that she was cast as Wonder Woman. Just, yeah, she does, she's not as like big or, or muscular looking. And she's, you know, a lot of people were, people got really sexist when she was cast as Wonder Woman. People were like, she does, her boobs are too small and things like that. I'm like, who cares? So, yeah, so people what are sexualizing to female superheroes Basically. too. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, but I mean, anyone that knows anything about her, you know, she's been in the Fast and Furious movies and totally held her own in there. Actually had a lot of standout scenes. Pretty much every scene she's, a lot of the scenes she's in, she kind of takes the center stage and... And I'm thinking, I think that one moment, what is it, in Fast and Furious 6, where they're, uh, her and Han and, I think, I don't remember if it's Ludacris or Tyrese, they're trying to figure out how to, like, get fingerprints or whatever, and she just walks over and uses her feminine wiles yeah. to figure things out, and her character was really endearing there, and she's got, you know, she was in the Israeli military, and she's very, you know, very much into fitness, and, like... She did her own sense in Fast Furious too. Yeah, yeah, too. yeah, you mentioned that. Uh, not on the podcast, but beforehand. Um, but, I mean, I thought she was a great choice here. So, it's weird, like, I... You don't have to... Guys, everybody, you don't have to be big to fight. Like, to be to, powerful. To be powerful. Well, and especially when she's not a human. Like, she's, you know, she's an Amazon. She's, a, like, sort of a mythical figure, like Thor... So, like, obviously it makes sense that Batman would be bigger than Superman and Wonder Woman because Batman's a dude. Batman's only as strong as he makes his muscles. Superman and Wonder Woman are inherently strong because that's who they are, because of where they come from. So she just needs to look not ridiculous. She just basically needs to look not ridiculous standing next to them, and you're good. I mean, she can't be like Taylor Swift, like a twig standing up there, but she, uh, you know, she doesn't have to be like, you know, China, Mm -hmm. I guess. You know who China is, right? Mm -hmm, Okay, okay. yeah. Yeah, so... I don't know. Uh, so she was great in it. Ben Affleck was great in it. The story was all over the place. And do we want to do we want to delve into some specific story issues? Um. Oh gosh, what was I even saying about this? Um. Well, you start. I for, I even forgot. Well, I mean, we basically have, and I've heard other reviews make this point also, but it's valid. So I'm going to delve into it as well. There's basically four or five different movies going on here. Like, it wants to be a Batman movie because it... And spoilers for everything going forward. We're going to get into everything. The ending and all the big twists and um, the shared universe setup, which there is plenty of, even though it's not particularly handled very well. Um, But it wants to be a Batman movie because it opens and closes with Batman narration. Mm -hmm. So, as a Man of Steel sequel, it doesn't really work. Because it's framed as Batman's arc 
Um, it wants to be like I said, it wants to be a legit sequel to Man of Steel, dealing with well, you know, Holly Hunter, who's kind of wasted in this film, save for maybe a scene or so. Um, she has this whole point about like you know everybody's been all amazed at what Superman can do that they never stop to think what he should do, which is in and of itself, in and of itself, a very cliched line. That I mean, really, there's no other way to say that. First of all, um, and then it has this whole Lex Luthor world's finest setup with him pitting the two of them against each other and then it wants to be the beginning of the justice league mm-hmm. with wonder woman sort of emerging and crossing paths with batman and and teases to the other members of the team that we're going to meet and i guess actually you know what I, I checked on that i think that movie's coming out next fall oh, wow. already justice league they're filming it next in well we're recording this the end of march they're filming it next month april wow so it's a lot of post-production then yeah so i was even saying to you know a friend and stuff yesterday about like oh man i don't know if Zack snyder's the right guy for the justice league thing because he tends to like tends to be a little too ambitious with what he wants to accomplish in the story Mm -hmm. um but if they were filming that soon that's too late it's already locked in so he's gonna do the justice league movie too yeah both of them (sighs) i mean he's contracted for it I'm for me. I'm not a very big Zack Snyder fan. Yeah, I don't think you liked any of those movies I mentioned. No, I mean I liked Sucker Punch, okay, but then well, everyone it's a else. Because female-centric movie. No, 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 but they were sexualized. Geez. Oh God, they were. And then you want, to, but then you want to talk about. Uh, yeah, he's just not very good at plot lines and 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 his stuff is just too gritty looking. Like everything's dark. See, yeah, I want to see a little bit of brightness. I mean, really. Yeah, yeah, that's been a major concern with it. So. But I I agree with with all your points and um, that was that's what I took from it too. There was there was just a lot going on and it's two and a half hours, so you you think that there would have been enough time to. I, <laughs> I was one of the notes I had actually. It's somehow like it's it's simultaneously uh, not developed enough, but also like too developed in a way. You know what I mean? Like he he wants to do so much in a single film that just doesn't work. And supposedly this was originally going to be two films, which would make more sense, because then you'd have the one film that was a Man of Steel sequel, sort of I'm introducing. Uh, but that would have been better though, because then the first film would have been a Man of Steel sequel, introducing Batman and sort of his suspicion of him, and then the second one could have been the Lex Luthor Justice League setup thing. But they just try and cram it all in here, where we don't even get like clear clear follow up to anything. Didn't you say this is Amazing Spider-Man 2? Or did a little I say bit. That? I mean, this use. Uh, I think you might have said that, but it does have a, a little bit of that because that was a similar situation where in Amazing Spider-Man 2, Sony was trying to rush development on a shared universe because the first Amazing Spider-Man movie, it was pretty, pretty clear-cut what they were trying to accomplish. It was a new origin story for the character that everybody knows the origin of already. So I don't understand why they wasted an hour on that, and then you know, him facing off against the lizard. So, swap the villain out, and it's basically the first Sam Raimi movie with this ridiculously undeveloped, untold story about his parents that we still don't really ever find out what the hell that's going on, <laughs> I don't think. Um, and then the second one, with them trying to bring in, oh, here's Electro, oh, here's Harry, here's the Osborns, oh, here, we're putting together Sinister Six, and it was supposed to go into, possibly directly into a Sinister Six film. Um, which yeah, never came to fruition. Yeah, and I guess I got... Yeah, that's canceled. Um, or, well, it's canceled, but it might still happen at some point, because Venom was canceled 
and then now it reports are coming that they're trying to develop that again on their own, separate from Marvel Studios. So that I would might think be that terrible, they want to but... do Sinister Six since they're now doing Suicide since DC's doing Suicide Squad. Yeah, DC's actually now beating everybody to the punch as far as the villain team ups, which is exciting. And I, you know, I wrote for CheatSheet.com that Suicide Squad will probably end up, and I said this before Batman v Superman even came out. Um, Suicide Squad will probably be the better movie of the two because it does have a little more variety as far as characters, as far as, you know, tones, brightness, and it actually looks like it's going to be sort of that, like that gleefully sadistic kind of fun movie where it's dark but also humorous, and you're like, I shouldn't be laughing at this, but these guys are so much fun to watch that whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's bringing a whole host of characters that we've never seen before as opposed to, hey guys, you want to see Batman? You want to see Superman? All right, here they are again. And this, here's some new people that you don't know, but, you know, mostly stuff you've seen before. Um, so... So, I, I mean, I still have faith in that. And it's Dax, Zack Snyder's not directing that. He's not directing Wonder Woman. So those you might actually might like better mm-hmm. if you're not a Snyder fan. Who's directing Wonder Woman? Uh, I think Patty Jenkins, who who did Monster, the Charlize Theron movie. Oh. So they actually have a female director oh. on that, which is interesting. Um, well, they also don't have to do that either. They don't just have to be well, like, oh, it's a female star. So but I mean, they also don't want... Glad, but... Yeah, they also... I think that's also... Not only is the fact that Patty Jenkins is a legitimate director who's, you know, been acclaimed in her previous work, that kind of thing, but I think it's also a little bit of a PR move and be like, hey, we get Wonder Woman, look, we even got a woman in the director's chair, which is the same reason why they, you know, they Marvel guy, Ryan Coogler, the guy that directed Creed to direct Black Panther, because they don't want to be accused of racism or anything, so they get, you know, an African-American director to direct a movie about an African-American superhero, which, you know, if, if they're going to do that, at least they picked probably one of the best filmmakers working right now that was already kind of gypped of an Oscar nomination to uh, to do that because I, I mean I loved Creed and I think I have, still haven't seen Fruitvale Station his previous movie with Michael B. Jordan but um, he's he's proven himself as an uh, incredible filmmaker so I know he'll deliver something um, really solid but back to Batman v Superman so of the four or five different <laughs> different subplots that were in motion you know what worked for you what didn't what moments that what moments seem sort of superfluous because to me i don't know why there were like four or five dream sequences because i felt yeah. like most of them didn't need to be there and i understand that the nightmare nightmare with a k because oh dark night get it the nightmare sequence with which looks like batman and looks like he's paying a visit to Tatooine or Iraq or something. Uh, which, first of all, he looked weird with that leather jacket on. Like, yeah, weird. I, I told weird. You, I, he looked like Bane. He, you were like, is that Bane? And I was like, no, it's not Bane. Um, he looked both weird and cool at the same time. Like, I couldn't decide if I was like, that's not right, but it kind of works for me. That should be a Halloween costume. I'm sure it will Batman, be. Oh, come on. Batman in the desert. Nightmare Batman. I'm sure that I'm sure there'll be a few versions of the characters that'll be. That'll be very popular. Halloween cousins. So, yeah, so there were a lot of dream sequences, and some of which kind of threw me off. But Well, the Nightmare Batman sequence was clearly kind of aimed at establishing the fact that Darkseid is coming down the pike. Um, I explained to you a little about Darkseid, right? Yes. So he's essentially the DC's Thanos, which, I mean, I guess he's, if you're going to have Justice League fight somebody, I guess he's the go-to character to, to do that. Because you can't have them teaming up against Lex Luthor or the Joker. It's got to be a bigger, like, global threat. Um, but I just feel like if he's... If, 
if you're trying to establish yourself as separate from Marvel, why would you go with the DC equivalent of exactly what Marvel's been doing for like a decade? I don't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then there's other options. Like I'd heard rumors that Brainiac, which is a, another Krypton-based based villain, that he might have been um, at one point a contender to play to be the villain in that. So basically, Superman's villains are a lot grander in scope than Batman's villains. Well, yeah, it's his it's, it's grander in scope as a hero. Right. Batman's are all like, you know, criminals in Gotham City who something crazy happens to, and now they're a giant crocodile, or they're a clown person, or they have you know have freeze rays and shit like that. Um, but Superman's are all interplanetary, like gods and conquerors and artificial intelligence and that kind of thing. Um, but the nightmare sequence, I mean, I understand that it was trying to set that up, but it also wasn't very entertaining. The action wasn't particularly good, and we, so much of this movie was spoiled in the marketing. Yes. Like, I feel my big, like... My big uh, frustration with the trailers. I mean, I leaned over to you several times, and I'm like, it's like a two and a half hour version of the trailer, you know? And, uh... Hey, how are you? And it's just, I was like, I was quoting lines before they were said in the film. That's how, how like overdone and overexposed the footage was. And that nightmare sequence, you know, the whole scene that's supposed to be, I guess, really climactic, even though it's pretty obvious that it's not real. I mean, to me it was. Um, did you feel that? Were you, were you wondering like, oh, this might be a real thing? Or were you like, oh, this is bullshit? Um, when Superman came through and was just seemed menacing, I knew it was we bullshit. Had, yeah, he had an army with they were wearing his emblem on their on their clothes and everything. Um, it wasn't interesting. I was I was bored. Okay, oh, he's gonna walk in there. He's gonna scowl. He's gonna take his mask off, and then some shit's gonna happen. And it's gonna it's gonna. I mean, I didn't. There's one thing to establish the shared universe thing and try and and build towards that. And I feel like that sequence was. First of all, too blatant a shoe-in. And we, we have, there's more of those we'll talk about in a second. And just not compelling enough to warrant that, like, five to seven, however minute long that ch- that, that chunk was. Um, this wasn't compelling enough to warrant that distraction from the movie itself, considering the story that they were trying to tell was already muddled as fuck. Yeah. But You don't know. No, I, I agree. There was just, yeah, there was just... Too, yeah, too many different things going on with that. And it, clearly they like to establish both Superman and Batman had nightmare issues. Well, but Batman clearly And the more. Kevin Costner one was another one where I was like, I don't care about this at all. Like, this, don't give, I don't give a shit about... You can't have Batman come in and have all these this many things going on. And it still feel like the audience is going to care that Superman feels torn about what he should be doing. I'm like, didn't we already do that in the first one? First of all, you can't delve into that. How many times are you going to dip into that pool? With, with, until, you know, eventually movies are going to be like, okay, I, you have like 12 other things that I'd rather see right now. Why am I watching like him, him imagine a conversation with his dead father? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I agree. The flashpoint moment, I think, worked a lot better. The flashpoint moment being that scene right after the nightmare sequence where Batman essentially is confronted with the Flash sort of reaching back through time and yeah. warning him about I thought that was more successful because it was it, yeah it was distracting and it was kind of jarring in the moment but I think it's supposed to be for the character and also it was brief enough that you're like whoa what the hell was that but it makes you wonder oh shit are they gonna do some kind of time travel thing in the Justice League movie you know what I mean mm-hmm. like when we if we see that in Justice League part one or whatever or Justice League part two where the, something has gone wrong 
and the Flash is trying to reach back into time to prevent something terrible from happening, and we actually see the other side of that moment, that would be amazing. And you'll be like, holy shit, that, that explains that. Once it all fits together, that will be an exciting moment. And it didn't detract enough from here to, to really matter. And that's why those, you know, it's, you know, it's frustrating as that may be to some people. That's why those Marvel post and mid credit scenes are so effective. Is that the story's already been told, but they still get to hint at other things to come without, without dropping them in the middle of a film, you know? Yeah, I guess DC doesn't like to do that. I'm surprised that they didn't do that, actually. I, I think one of those... Actually, that Flash thing, or even the part with the other Justice League members, the email that Wonder Woman opens up and that watches... That could have been an after-credit That would have been post-credit a post-credit scene. scene. I don't know why it was in the middle of the movie. Just have her, you know... Especially if you, you take that part out, you have that conversation at the end with Batman and Wonder Woman where they're like, we need to find the other people like you, the other people put together we're gonna need you know something crazy is happening we're gonna need a team of of heroes to defend earth against it and then have that post have a, that scene in the post credits where batman's like hey i found some prospects or whatever and sends it to wonder woman and then boom there you go we look at those little things and then shit happens and she writes him back like all right let's do this or some bullshit i don't know it would have been cheesy but it wouldn't have been in the middle of the movie distracting mm-hmm. us from the main title bout between the two heroes which honestly didn't even really go on that long for a two and a half hour movie how much really batman versus superman action was there in this i guess not that much but not nearly me, as much I'm as happy. zod <laughs> well but i mean but it's it, but see that's not good maybe they're if trying to find the balance yeah because the last movie there was way too much of that and then maybe this movie they just wanted to but you're not you don't feel like that with every time people fight on screen did you feel like that in star wars with the lightsaber battles did you get bored by that not necessarily. Well, exactly, because there was no there was no uh, emotional, personal stakes for the characters involved, and the Batman versus Superman thing, like the, the Zod one, I understand because it's essentially CGI at the wazoo, just like CGI alien fighting other CGI alien. That's the issue I have with the Transformers movies, because I don't really care about any of it. But the Batman v Superman fight would have worked so much better had they both been motivated um, by something clear and distinct and something you know the physical embodiment of their contra- uh, contradicting ideologies of the way that they see fighting injustice batman sees it a certain way especially in this one where he's more intense and yeah more i brutal. Did not like that like that was not it wasn't i did not like seeing batman so aggressive that way mm-hmm. i'm not used to that and i realized he's angry at superman and it had nothing to do with superman clearly superman can handle himself but i just that just was that that was against character to me like he looked more like a villain batman going after the good guy because superman kept trying to not like how i knew that um a nightmare sequence was bullshit was when superman came in and was being all menacing acting like he was going to do something to hurt batman and i knew that he wouldn't because that's not superman's character well i think is it i think it's earlier in the movie where they they confront each other briefly and he's like, if this, if that's next time your light goes up in the sky, it's like, oh, oh no, no, it's the, it's the fight later on where he's like, he's like, stay down. If I wanted it, you'd be dead already. Because mm-hmm. Superman wanted to kill Batman. It's not that hard to kill Batman, at least unless Batman's prepared, like he was at the time they actually started fighting. He still gave him a, he still gave him a beating, even with his armored, his armored. Uh, oh yeah, yeah he did. So, but it's supposed to be the two of them seeing things differently, and basically fighting out 
you know, symbolically based on the fact that they, they have conflicting views on things. Sort of how, like, how Iron Man, Iron Man and uh, Captain America are going to be doing in Civil War. Right. But that, I don't know, something about that seems a little bit more um, still with Iron Man, or Captain America's character than it did with Batman's. Right. And I know that they're trying to go with the comic book, but it was just... Well, we also haven't seen that film, so we don't really... But it does look like Captain America... I'm sure he reaches a certain point. I mean, there's even the scene in the trailer where he's like, you know, I wouldn't do this if there was any other way. That kind of thing, where he feels pushed to that. And I think the issue there might be that Batman... We're jumping in Batman who's... This is a Batman who's been doing this for 20 years and has seen a lot of his former allies be killed or go evil and, you know... Harvey, at this point, presumably Harvey Dent would have already become Two-Face. Um, Robin would have already been killed, as we saw with the, the suit hanging up there. Um, you know, his, his... I didn't know what that was, yeah. actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what that was. The second Robin, uh, Jason Todd, is murdered by the Joker in the comics. Mm. And that's why the haha jokes on you, Batman, is on the suit. So, presumably, he's grieving for that, as well as his parents, and all this the shit he's been through over 20 years. So that's sort of colors his perspective on Superman um, and it even gets into that one part where they're you know and their alter egos and they're uh, he says oh maybe it's just the Gotham City in me but yeah freaks uh, dressed like clowns and all that um, but it didn't work exactly because you don't you don't really establish Superman's side of it Superman only fights him because his mom got kidnapped and he's being made to, so it doesn't. And, well, you're not and, as invested well, he as, didn't even as a viewer. Want to fight him. He was trying to even work, work it out with him, was, and have Batman right. kind of become an ally for him. And Batman wouldn't listen. He was blind, blinded by rage. Yeah. And then it just makes Batman look like an idiot because Superman's like, "Dude, let's talk this out. Lex Luthor, something or other." He's like, "Ah!" <laughs> it's like, yeah. "Wait, I'm trying to talk." <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it just makes him look. It just makes Batman look like an unreasonable idiot, and it makes. And it just tra- turns Superman into Lex Luthor's pawn. So it's not really, it's not really the same emotional investment that we're going to have for Iron Man and Captain America, who they established in the Avengers. These two don't get along. They don't. They told they're just clashing personalities. They have different ideas about uh, about you know how to defend the Earth and all of that. And they've continued to build upon that every time they've shared screen together. So that but now they've worked this, together still as a team. Right. They've over, overlooked their differences until this point. It pushes that those differences so much to the forefront that they're, you know, they're going to come to blows over it. Um, so I feel like that will be more successful and more satisfying to see those two characters that we have more of a relationship than these two. I mean, <laughs> you know, the way that their, their fight resolves even with the whole Martha thing. Yeah. I didn't understand. I mean, I, I was like, I didn't understand why that necessarily made him stop the fight. I guess the idea that they're going for is, oh, you're that just much like you me. Yeah. You have my mom. You have a mom that says the same name as my mom who died, and I couldn't say it because I wouldn't act because I was a little boy or whatever. Um, but, I mean, it doesn't, just because your moms have the same name doesn't mean let's be, like, they, I showed you that great meme last night from mm-hmm. Step Brothers. What? Your, name's, your mom's name's Martha? So my name's Martha. Did we just become best friends? Yep. <laughs> and then he goes to, Batman goes to save Martha Kent, and he's like, uh, I'm a friend of your son's. I'm like, really? Since when? You were about to kill him a minute ago. Like, literally, you were like, all right, I'll go help her. And then he leaves and goes, I'm going to save this Martha since I couldn't save the other Martha. 
Yeah. Well, but all Marthas are not created equal. I don't understand what that has to do and with anything. what is anything. with the Martha name? Like, because my mother, uh, my sister's mother-in-law has also named Martha. Is yeah. that just a name for moms? Well, all these characters started a million years ago, so that was a very popular name, I would think, in the 30s and 40s, right? I don't think you can be named Martha unless you have a child. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you change your name to Martha. There you go. Yeah, well, all right. So, so then the, you have the doomsday thing. Yes. Uh, Batman. Well, well before we get to doomsday, shouldn't we talk about... <laughs> well, no, well, we're talking about fight scenes. Oh, we're talking about fight scenes first. Yeah, okay. talking about fight scenes. So, Batman is completely not necessary for to fight doomsday against <laughs> Superman and Wonder Woman. I mean, Batman, I have to hand it to you. It's very honorable of you, but they don't need He's you. He's like, I can help with this. Yeah, they don't need you, okay? <laughs> they are... They were omnipotent, and they, they, <laughs> and in the movie he was well. They're not I all don't that. Think he even did anything. They're not that uh, omnipotent. We'll get to that in, uh, in a second. Uh, but he was kind of standing back, like, "Oh, you guys got this." Yeah, I kind of think that in a way they were, you know, protecting them with their own walls of shields and uh, muscles because. Well, they, he really... Batman's a strategist, so what Batman would do in that situation is what he basically was doing in this movie, is like hang back and be like a sniper like guy. A it's like, well, yeah. <laughs> hang back and be the sniper guy who's like, all right, you guys line him up and I'll take the shot and then he out with the kryptonite spear or whatever. But he didn't even do that. That was... Superman. They, well, Superman did that and Lois was like throwing, getting rid of the spear and then, oh, we need that now and now I'm going to go get it. It was it's like... It was like a whole back and forth comedy routine over her getting the, the spear. I, I know, she's 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 a tough chick though. Go Lois. Yeah, but they also made her damsel in distress one too many times in this movie for me. I feel like he had to save her like three or four times. But isn't that isn't that, that is what they character. do? But I mean, but she didn't do a whole lot other than get in trouble. I mean, she did a little bit of digging about the bullet and and like the fact the fact that the bullet that killed these people in in Africa. Which, I don't understand why an alien bullet makes people think that Superman uses bullets. When he breaks people's necks with his bare hands and burns things with his eyes. I don't... I don't know. That was pretty thin to me, that whole thing. Even though it was cool to see... And I still think Amy Adams is a great Lois Lane. And it's cool to see her doing an investigation. I just wish her investigation wasn't so dumb. And I, She's I going like, right to the government. Government source. Like, yeah, so I talked to you with this bullet. I'm like, um, shouldn't it be a little bit more... I don't know, spy-like, like journalistic-like, instead of going right to the source. Well, she went into the men's room to be like, yo, That's... general. And that that guy, Harry Lennox's character, he was in the uh, Man of Steel as well. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you remember that. I do. He was the one that uh, got called out because... Or he, he said that he, that Superman killed like a $10 million equipment. Or maybe oh, at the very end of Man of Steel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, and that was a great line that he had. You got so much such big balls it's like you should be in here or whatever that, there was some good there were some good lines like that I just wish Amy Adams uh, had a little more substantive role and see that's something that they could have done if they had done a Man of Steel sequel with Bat like Man of Steel 2 featuring Batman is she going to Paltrow in this scenario sort of but I mean if you're going to have her in there and just create stupid things for her to do then you don't really you shouldn't really have Amy Adams in this movie if that's the case just write her out entirely. You didn't. I mean, you can easily rework the script and have her not be in there. I agree. Not, and it's not that I don't want her in there. I just don't want... I mean, if you have so much going on, that's a subplot you could have cut right out and then gave more time to the Superman-Batman stuff. But instead, they, were, they wanted to cram Lois Lane and give her her own little story in the midst of all this other crazy shit. 
they maybe also wanted to show how much Superman loves Lois. Yeah, and I like that, the scene with the bathtub. I thought it was really sweet and that kind of thing. But in this context, when Batman and Superman fighting with Wonder Woman and Doomsday, it's like, well, how does Lois Lane fit in there? She's like, I can go get that thing that you dropped. Hold on. I kind you of thought I mean? maybe Superman should have gotten that by himself. Because well, he he's can't a lot grab faster. that. Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, he does, ultimately, but it, it doesn't work out too well for him. Because, you know, his his exposure to kryptonite is what kills him so it doesn't have to necessarily cut him just being around it makes him weak to the point where Batman was able to cut his face mm-hmm. and all that so what happened is that when he picked up the spear and he went over to kill Doomsday with it the act of holding it weakened him enough that he was able to get killed by Doomsday and get stabbed through mm-hmm. um, so how did that make you feel the death of Superman? Um, it was sad but um, yeah, my mom my... was like really involved like crying about it I'm like dude She's but like, is he going to be back? back? She's like, is he going to is he gonna be back? I'm like, yeah, of course. He's under contract. He's Superman. Plus, the comic books, Death of Superman. That's You didn't know about that, but you still knew he was going to come back. Yeah. Uh, I just didn't think they were going to go for the Death of Superman thing so soon. I figured they would save that up for one of the Justice Leagues and, like, the end of Justice League Part 1, have that happen, and then, you know, the team's going on, and then he comes back sometime the in the second one. do they have to keep copying comic books well i mean couldn't they have so, like because maybe they wanted to do that because or copying well <laughs> they no draw inspiration it's it's not they direct had, they had him probably die by doomsday's hand because that's what happened in the comic books well yeah if he died after justice league then that wouldn't have been copying the comic books right so well then unless, unless doomsday the was in thing. there unless doomsday was in justice league oh yeah i don't know if they would have had a villain like that again no He's not really a, no, boring not anymore i guess yeah, he was. He's he's pretty much as one-dimensional as as uh, comic book villains go. But I mean, it's to your question about why they keep doing what the comic books doing, because if they don't, fans will lose their fucking minds. Be like, that's not how it was in the comic books. True. Like, well, so <laughs> that's true because that was Although, big, that was scandalous with the Batman movie. Right. Oh well, they changed they changed the the uh, his origin story. It wasn't the Joker to kill his parents. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that one too, and. um... And clearly in Batman Returns, the penguin. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, sometimes I feel like I feel like comic book fans are somewhat more forgiving on making changes from the source material when those changes actually make sense and are um, done in the right spirit. You know, as long as you capture the essence of the comic book, none of those Dark Knight trilogy films, for example, none of them were direct adaptations of any stories in the comic books. You know how you're like, well, why did they do the comic books? Well, those didn't do the comic books. They took elements of the comic books. They took certain designs, certain moments, certain characters, but they told their own story with it. And this movie sort of did that. They just took the element of Doomsday Kill Superman and they put it in the com- in the movie. Um, but they shoehorned it in there just to be like, hey, hey, remember that? That happened in the books. See, we, we could do it too. But it didn't really, I don't know. It felt so rushed. And then at the end when Batman, when Batman is, you know, speaking over Superman's grave or is it, I don't know if they, maybe Clark Kent's grave I don't remember um, I think it is oh, I think it was Clark Kent yeah I think it was because they were in Smallville at that point he's just like oh I failed him in life blah 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 I'm like dude you don't even know him this guy you were about to kill him and you're like our mom's got the same name I'll save her and then you're like oh he's dead damn that guy seemed cool <laughs> I mean you know what I mean if you'd built that relationship over the course of a few movies like the Captain America Iron Man thing now, if Captain America dies in Civil War, that will feel earned, and you will believe Tony Stark when he's sad about it, when he's, when he, you know, regrets that we should have worked this out in a different way instead of why we let it get to this point, blah, blah, blah. 
because they've known each other for years and they fought alongside each other and defended the earth several times. Whereas here, it's just... I don't like the fact that you're just presuming that Captain America's going to die. I mean, I think most people think it might happen. No, I don't want it to happen. I know, I know you don't want it to happen, but uh, I don't know. I but they have taken the comic books, right? Well, I mean, they might not. Maybe they won't. We'll see. Uh, I mean, I'm just speculating. A lot of people are speculating that that might happen. So, we also want to touch on, and I think we're probably going to wrap up pretty soon, because we've walked around our the small part of our neighborhood is about as much as we can. It's not that big of a little, little suburban community. Um, and I'm sure when Freddie and I jump on the next episode or whenever, I'm sure we'll delve into this all over again. But I can't, we can't finish off without getting into one of the more controversial aspects of the film, which is Jesse Eisenberg's version, version of Lex Luthor, or I guess Alexander Luthor Jr., which is interesting that they made him the junior to, I guess, you know, an unseen character that was... Maybe Gene Hackman. Passed away. Maybe. It seems like a lot of people thought that he was kind of channeling Gene Hackman yeah. with his performance. You haven't seen um, the original Superhero oh, really? Superman film. Well, but you have to just see at least the original. Um, but a lot of people said that he's... It's basically a cross between Gene Hackman's Lex Luthor and Heath Ledger's Joker with, like, his nervous tics and kind of this long hair and like the way he's like huh, huh, yeah like, that kind of thing so I know you had a much okay let me say my, my side of it first I was mildly worried about Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor based on the trailers because he did seem so over the top but I was still kind of amused by it and I'm a fan of, of Eisenberg's in general I've seen you know more than just Social Network and Zombieland I've seen a lot of his smaller movies too uh, The End of the Tour and The Double things like that and I was excited to see what he would bring to it. And honestly, I felt like he was one of the more entertaining parts of the movie. Um, you know, you have two superheroes scowling at each other. And this guy's performance was really weird and sort of out there all, of, all over the place. You know, putting Jolly Ranchers in people's mouths all creepily. And then, like, <laughs> jars of piss. And, like, uh, all these nervous ticks And constantly, like, ha, 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 everywhere. But I found myself kind of giggling throughout a lot of his scenes in, in a good way, like because I found it amusing. And he's clearly supposed to be insane. And as Lois Lane said, and they, um, you know, they capture that in a way that's quirky and uh, unhinged, but also entertaining and adds a little bit of levity to this movie that desperately needs something that's not going to make you want to, like, you know, open a vein in the movie theater because it is so dark and depressing. And you have these two superheroes who are basically staring each other down for two and a half hours being like I'm pissed off I'm pissed off too let's fight okay <laughs> and it's like everything is so gloomy and without there's nothing you know how you love Captain America because you see him and you're like oh he's such a good person and he makes you want to be a good person because he's a good person and he's self-sacrificing and he's heroic and he's noble and blah 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 these were just two people that were just pissed off with each other and just ran like it's like the 250 million dollar equivalent because that's the budget on this movie reportedly of two guys in a bar being like i saw her first i saw her first <laughs> sort of you know what i mean mm -hmm. it's just uh but without the entertainment value of seeing people fight in a bar <laughs> and jesse eisenberg brought a little bit yes of goofiness but i feel like it sort of fits the character at least this version of the character and, and um, establishes his not only the hatred of distrust of aliens that Lex Luthor has in the comics and the animated series and all that 
but brings enough quirky energy to it that brings the that delivers a new take on a character that we've seen before. Plus the fact that he's so young, that he's sort of inherited his fortune, kind of gives him this little bit of a, sort of a spoiled rich kid, hipster type vibe that's essentially very inspired, I'm sure, by Mark Zuckerberg and that kind of thing, which is why you get Jesse Eisenberg for that kind of part. So in that respect, he was very well cast. Um, I don't know. I, I, I found him a lot of fun for the most part, even though there was a couple of scenes where I was just like, okay, hair too far, but I'll allow it because you're more interesting than 90% of the other stuff right now. Um, but I know you have a vastly different take on it. Um, it- I've thought that Jesse Eisenberg playing Lex Luthor was irritating from the trailers. So you did. You had warned me that some of the reviews said that if I, you know, if you really liked him in the trailers, you're really going to like the movie. If you really didn't like him from the trailers, you're really not going to like the movie. So I wonder if that was a self-fulfilling prophecy on my part, and I shouldn't have told you that and just let it play out. I think I still would have not liked yeah, it. Yeah, probably. But um, he just, he was just... Um, too spastic? Too spastic, and I don't know a lot about Lex Luthor to begin with, but I don't know. He just played, I, I was wondering, I'm like, is Lex Luthor just playing crazy, or is he just, um, just a little bit crazy and more evil? Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like um, the way Jesse Eisenberg played Lex Luthor, or at least the way the Lex Luthor was written in the script, he played it crazy. And you have, like you're talking, you're, you're comparing it to Gene Hackman and Heath Ledger. Well, Heath Ledger was also playing the Joker, who is right, a not, criminal. Not, who's not Lex Luthor. Yeah, who's a criminal. Yeah. And clearly he's an intelligent guy, but he is a criminal because and he's, he's unhinged. So yet you have Lex Luthor Jr., who is crazy, yet he's... The CEO of a company who he must have he must have been doing that at least for quite you know for at least a few years, and I would think if he's that crazy and spastic, that company would have would have collapsed by now. Unless he has uh, other people running it for him, and he just owns it and it's just in name only, like a lot of companies are. But I mean, I see your point, and the version of Lex Luthor that you don't really have much of a reference point because you didn't watch Lois and Clark, you haven't seen the other Superman movies really, so this is probably am I correct in saying this is probably like the first version of Lex Luthor you've really seen? Yeah, I'd say so. Okay, so you don't really have anything to compare him to, but I mean, I grew up with, the main one that I knew growing up was the version on Lois and Clark, the John Shea, super, uh, Lex Luthor, and he is essentially more like, more of a, you know, rich business tycoon, mogul type, who's very, like, charming and and etc and public and the behind closed doors his eyes get all weird and he's like having stare downs with snakes literally in the pilot episode of, i should probably show you the pilot episode of Lewis and clark and make that a choice honestly um and he was he so that was the version i grew up with this duplicitous where he's crazy but not like on stage while he's giving a speech going, yes. <laughs> and stuff like that uh i would think that people would just bomb yeah, trade I mean, this would sell Lex Corp stock right away. That's Seems right, like that. right. So I felt like I felt like there should have been a little more separate. I had no issue, no issue with him being over the top and ridiculous. And in the moments where that makes sense, I actually think it works the best when he's you know facing Superman and he's telling him telling me he's got his mom and he's got the pictures of him and he's like God versus man the whole that whole thing from the trailer. He really likes to give soliloquies. <laughs> he really does. Uh, that scene I thought worked the best because he's supposed to be unhinged and letting it all out there now because he's facing Superman. He's like, guess what? I've got your mom. Oh, what up? That he really thing. hated that guy. Superman? Yeah. But they didn't explain why Yeah, very and that much. would have been, and for someone like me who doesn't know yeah, I know. the you backstory, w- I'm like, why does he hate him so much? You walked out of there and you were like, why did he do that? I'm like, I'm, uh, power? Um, he doesn't like because he's an alien? I, I, don't, I don't know. The movie didn't 
clearly def- I mean it's probably because it's an alien thing and it's a power thing and he's he doesn't like he wants to feel all powerful and then this godlike figure comes down and, and it seemed like makes it was him more feel like God makes him feel alien. impotent I guess yeah it was more like him being yeah there were a lot of there was a lot of religi- because, religious illusions going on yeah. throughout because um, he kept talking about that like yeah, he did. God versus man God 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 I'm like, you clearly have or offended by Superman and his man can't God-like. kill God the devil will do it yeah. I thought the red capes are coming part felt really out of place in the middle of that scene with Holly Hunter. Yeah, I didn't... Uh, because was... that... He was giving his... He was showing his hand a little too much. Like, to people that aren't supposed to know he's crazy, he's basically waving a red, a red flag or a red cape, I guess, and being like, huh, I'm crazy, because he's in there with her having that whole conversation. And then later with that other guy, where the, the Jolly Rancher scene that I mentioned, where he's trying to get access to the Kryptonian ship. And also, why... Why did that guy want him to have that... What did what was Black Luther gonna give to the government that he's like? What do you want? What can I do for you? Um, funding, I guess. I think. I think funding on whatever projects they were working on, defense or, I mean, it looked like LexCorp was working with the government as far as research and development on the Kryptonian technology. Then that that's sort of what it seemed like. But again, everything blows by so fast that you you know you don't even get a chance to digest what's happening before it's like, nope, we're going to something else. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah. So you're not excited to see Jesse Eisenberg likely come back for something? No, I'm not. Um, I'm and sorry I think to hear that, that he probably. I'm also wondering how much of that was the script too for right. him to act like that. Um, Maybe Jesse Eisenberg read, is a good actor. Yeah, and, and regardless of whether or not it worked for you, you gotta commi- you gotta admit he saw a version of that, a take on that character on the page, and he said, "All right, well, if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna make it interesting and different and unique." And he went for it. So whether or not it worked for you or not, he committed to it wholeheartedly, the whole performance. So He should be committed. Oh, wait. He was. He was. So, well, no. He's in, He's in prison. It's unclear. He was in prison, not uh, Arkham. Not in right. the insane asylum. Right. Uh, so, I guess, to cap things off, clearly we have Wonder Woman, well, Suicide Squad coming out in August, and then Wonder Woman next year, which I know you're excited about Wonder Woman at least. Are you sort of open-minded about Suicide Squad? Are you like, oh, that looks terrible. Or are you like, oh, that might be better than this. It might be fun, at least. It might be interesting. I just... You have a female, sort of a quasi-female lead. I think she's sort of the lead in this. I've seen a lot of movies with her lately. Yeah, you have. Um, never saw Margot Robbie before really in anything like last year, but now she's everything. But, uh, I, mean, it looks, I mean, it looks interesting. It'll be I something mean, different. Yeah, it'll definitely be something different. And then so. we have Justice League after that. So how do you, uh, to wrap things up, I guess, I, I like to think Days of Future, I, I like to think that this has sort of a Days of Future Past vibe to it, that, you know, the X-Men timeline was a mess. They had these two different versions of the franchise and different timelines, and Days of Future Past was trying to reconcile all of that and be like, all right, not all this is going to make sense, but bear with us. We're trying to get our shit together. And a lot of people have compared Batman v Superman to Iron Man 2, which does a similar thing. Where it's just like, all right, here's an Avengers stuff going on. Here's Black Widow. Here's this, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Let's build towards that and kind of shoehorn some universe, shared universe elements into this Iron Man story. So I'd like to think this will be their, this will be them kind of getting their shit together. And then in subsequent movies, it will actually flow a little better. And this will just be like that awkward speed bump on the way to building the Justice League universe. Do you feel like that might be the case? Yeah. Or at least hope so. Yeah, that could be. I mean, maybe yeah, maybe the next movie, the the, Bat, the Wonder Woman movie, would be better. Are you interested at all in those other characters that we saw briefly? Sort of? 
Not really. You didn't really get much. It I don't know weird. a lot about them. I don't either. And it was a strange introduction. It very shoehorned into the whole film. Yeah. So, all right. But I guess, again, I enjoyed, for the most part, I liked what they were trying to do. It didn't all work for me, but the Batman action was amazing. And Wonder Woman, I'm looking forward to. So, definitely still still in on this. And uh, hoping that it comes together into something worthwhile. And you're coming with me whether you like it or not. So... <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I guess that's kind of where we are here. I'm sure when Freddy comes back, like I said, I'm sure he and I will delve into the somewhat more geeky side of things. Um, but in the meantime, you can find me on Twitter at Crooked Table. You can find me at Vault, at the Vault Key LLC on Twitter. Yeah, of course. Subscribe to uh, the podcast in iTunes. Subscribe to the Crooked Table YouTube channel. I haven't put a video up there in about a week or so, but I'm... I'm trying to come up with some more ideas, so we'll be getting some more content up there shortly. Of course, visit crookedtable.com for more podcasts, videos, reviews, and other movie-related goodies. And uh, we'll see you guys next time, hopefully, you know, around this time next week. So. Yep, and we got our steps in. So. And we got plenty of steps going. Now we're sweaty and need, uh, need a bowl of cereal and to relax. <laughs> so uh, catch you guys next time. Roll credits. This has been a production of CrookedTable.com. All rights reserved. That's the yard of the little KEV. <laughs> <laughs>